This is Bigger Pockets Daily, your daily dose of real estate information and education. I'm your host, Tyler, and the article I'm about to share is one of more than 10,000 blog articles available on biggerpockets.com. But you can't read the blog when you're working out or driving to look at a property. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Investors, don't negotiate until you know the home's condition by Aaron Helley. This isn't our first discussion about home inspections. I know. I wrote five reasons to wait to negotiate until after the home inspection in order to relay a strategy that I personally have had much success with over the past three years. I find it much easier to negotiate once you have an inspection, which I do not advise a buyer to pay for until they have a bound contract. While some people disagreed, hopefully this update will clarify my position. With an inspection in hand, you actually know the condition of the property and the function or dysfunction of the major systems. In my opinion, this is the only reasonable time to negotiate. If you try to negotiate at any other time, you are doing so from a point of emotion and unknowns. Number one, real estate is a people business. I believe in putting people first always. That said, asking for an inspection should not offend a seller or in any way be considered disrespectful to a seller. It is a buyer's right, a right that I think all buyers should exercise if the situation allows. It is not malicious or unethical for a buyer to ask for an inspection and then ask for the things that come back on that inspection to be rectified, especially when it is a property that the seller is asking market value for. If a seller does not want to allow for an inspection, then they should simply not accept an offer with an inspection contingency. Number two, you should know what to expect. 
An inspection allows a buyer to see what issues the property currently has or might have in the future and provides a great opportunity to ensure the buyer knows what they are getting into. If the inspection turns up major issues, particularly structural, safety, or with the major systems, I encourage a buyer to ask for those issues to be rectified in one way or another before closing. That said, each buyer is different and has different priorities. I encourage buyers to only negotiate on the things that are of the utmost importance to them. Number three, time is of the essence. This is true in almost every real estate contract. Even if it is not explicitly stated in a contract, no one, buyer or seller, should aim to extend any part of the process. If you are a buyer, do not go past your inspection and resolution timelines. In extenuating circumstances, or when a specialist is required to investigate an issue on a property, ensure that the seller is on board with an extension and maintain open communication throughout the entire process. If a seller is unwilling to allow for such an extension, they can simply deny it or terminate the contract. How this works in practice. I have been investing now for almost three years and currently own 38 doors. I have also done more than a dozen flips and have been a buyer and seller in numerous transactions. While I know that my success so far is somewhat limited and I'm just getting started, I have served as both a seller and a buyer in multiple situations, both on the MLS and off-market. I have never once entered into a contract I did not intend to close. I have never once delayed a closing. I have never once gone past the inspection period or resolution period that the seller and I agreed to. I have never once made an offer on a property that I did not intend to buy. I have closed on all but one contract in almost three years. The seller chose to cancel the contract and willingly gave me back the earnest money after two different foundation specialists confirmed that the property needed over $44,000 worth of work. I was the fourth buyer to make an offer on this house and the fourth buyer to ask for the same repairs. The seller was not willing to help at all and the house still sits on the market at a price it will likely not appraise for. I'm grateful I did not inherit that problem. I believe that we are only as good as our word, and reputation absolutely is everything. When I ask for an inspection, I treat the seller with respect by moving through the due diligence process as quickly as I can and always within agreed-upon timelines. I always give the seller options on how we can work together to rectify any issues so that I can close and we can all move forward. The highest concession I've ever negotiated was $12,000, and that was on a 10-unit property that needed hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work. The average concession on a single-family home I've purchased is $2,500. In every case, the seller is the one who offered that dollar amount. Since every transaction in which I have exercised this strategy had me and the seller walk away happy from an on-time closing, I would call it a win-win. This strategy is not about taking advantage of anyone. Oh, I hope you found this article helpful. If you're looking for more content like this, visit biggerpockets.com today to set up a free account. I'll talk to you tomorrow.